Nice looking crowd. Yeah. Thank you. Boy, it's good to be back in the saddle. Now, I guarantee you one thing, I'm not the horse I used to be. It's just going to be an old plug here today. So, you'll understand that when I get into the message. I asked Chris if this message was going to be on the Facebook Live, and he said, Oh yeah, we have a wide-angle lens. <laughs> yeah, or I'm not a humblest, huh? <laughs> no, you really didn't. <laughs> I'll save you the, the rebuffs. <laughs> yeah. Let's get started here. We're going to be looking at an Old Testament judge uh, by the name of Tola. And uh, there's just two verses that give us anything about Tola and what happened there. Uh, nothing else in scripture about Tola, his accomplishments, his family history, nothing. Just these two verses. But I really believe there's some things there that we can draw from that hopefully will be a help to us. But before we get to that Old Testament judge, if you have your Bible, open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, I don't have my Bible up here with me, but I have every scripture written down here. So I am going to be preaching the Word of God this morning. Uh, the reason I don't have my Bible up here is even my large print Bible, I can't hardly see it. And uh, so I wrote it all down, but you know what I did? I wrote it down smaller than what's in my Bible. <laughs> that's the mind that's preaching to you today. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but this first verse we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, and it'll be up here for just a little bit. Uh, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, we're going to see some interesting things about Tola uh, uh, that maybe you and I are going to be able to relate to. I know me, in my person, and in uh, my family, uh, I can really relate to this guy in so many ways. But I want us to think for a moment before we get into Tola's life, this verse. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Let's start with the last word of that verse. Faithful. You might be convinced, you've convinced yourself, that there's really nothing you have, nothing you have to offer that God could in any way use you. Listen, I don't know what your giftedness is. I don't know what your personality is like. I don't know why God called me to preach. I'm an introvert. Uh, I have the hardest time starting conversations. And here I am for years, for, for nearly 30 years, we used to go door to door visiting people. And that scared me to death because I did not like starting conversations. I hated that worse than having doors slammed in my face. <laughs> but boy... Uh, uh, there's one word here that every one of us can be and every one of us can do. No matter what your faithfulness is or your giftedness is, no matter what you do in life, no matter where you are in life, 
If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the last word of that verse, you can be what? Faithful. You can be faithful. You can be faithful to God. You can be faithful to your husband. You can be faithful to your wife. You as parents can be faithful to your children. Uh, you can be faithful to any and every opportunity that you're involved in in life. We can be faithful. Now, let's look here. Uh, moreover, Paul's given a little testimony about himself, about how he served the Lord faithfully. And uh, he said, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It did not say, notice, it is suggested that men be found faithful. You know, it seems like in our culture today, we're really afraid to nail things down. I mean, get it down to where it's at and make it clear and make it in the forefront and make it poignant. And God says, my children, it is a requirement. Now, if you're working your job and they give you a requirement, if you want to stay employed, what should you do? <laughs> you better meet that requirement. You better do it. We understand that term. It is required. Moreover, the Lord expects of all of us. He expects you men to be faithful to your wives. He expects you to be faithful in every way. Your heart, your mind. A man told me years ago, I'm involved in pornography head over heels because it's a victimless so-called sin. And he was convinced it didn't hurt anybody. I did my best to tell him that it hurts you, it hurts your wife, because all the vitality that you could be given to your wife, you're expending on your fantasies, and your heart will never be what it needs to be for your wife. Sad to say, they're divorced. Doesn't surprise me. You can be faithful, though. You can be faithful to your husband. You can be faithful in every capacity. It is required that a steward... Now, what's a steward? Well, a steward who is responsible to care for that that somebody else has given to him. That what that person has given to you, you would care for it, you would prosper it, uh, you would take care of all that was given to you. You say, well, nobody gave me anything. I work eight hours a day, sometimes 12 hours a day. Everything I have, I got myself. Well, listen, let's do this real quick. Everybody, please come along with this. Let's all on three take a deep breath. One, two, three. Now, you know person next to you has bad breath or not. <laughs> Where'd that breath come from? Huh? Came from God. You say you got wealth, the Bible tells us the Lord gives us the ability to get well. He does it. Everything that we have is given to us. How did we all come into this world stark naked? <laughs> and when we die, we might be laid in that casket all dressed up and looking nice and fancy. 
And I told my wife I was going to be wrapped in a blanket and thrown in the ground. I don't want people coming by and say, oh, that, he looks so natural. And I hope I look better than that. Uh, you know, it's really important for us to realize everything we have is given to us of the Lord. And haven't we been blessed? Wow. The poorest one among us here is rich compared to the majority of the people in this world. That's hard for us to wrap around our head. I don't really care about those people over there. They do their thing, I do my thing, I'll never see them, they'll never see me. And we just simply blow it off. But folks, we are blessed. We really are. A steward. Everything that you and I have is given to us of the Lord. So here's what it is. It's required that a steward, that individual, take all that's been given to them, be found what? Faithful. Faithful. Faithful in our spiritual gift, faithful with our money, our finances, faithful in our relationships. Moreover, it is required as a steward that a man be found faithful. It didn't say whether you had a lot or whether you had a little. It's just simply a requirement for every one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ that we be found faithful. Now look with me please to Judges chapter 10. <coughs> Judges chapter 10, and in my wonderful notes here, I'll try to read this without stumbling too much here. Uh, Judges 10 verses 1 and 2. And after Abimelech, there arose to defend Israel Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, <laughs> a man of Issachar, uh, and he dwelt in uh, uh, Shamir in Mount Ephraim and he judged Israel 23 years and what? Died. <laughs> and was buried in Shamir. That's all there is about Tola. <laughs> That's it. Here's something I want you to see. You know, Chris and, and Pastor Justin have passed preached some tremendous messages on heroes of the faith. And what we've seen in a lot of those heroes of the faith, they have a pedigree that's top-notch, boy. I mean, there some of them were from wealthy people, some were some from powerful rulers, some had had good roots that were mentioned and 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 clarified throughout Scripture uh, in many different places. But Tola gives us his dad's name, and it gives us granddaddy's name, Dodo. <laughs> I had a friend I grew up with named Dodo, so it really can't happen. Uh, that was like having a boy named Sue. I tell you what, a tough kid. <laughs> but you know, when it comes to looking at this guy, we look at his heritage, we look at his pedigree, uh, the nation he came from, the the history he came from. There's Nothing grandiose, nothing big, nothing great. So, 
No one would look to Tola to be picked by God to be a judge over Israel, especially after the reign of Abimelech, who was a ruthless judge, who had an opportunity to be used, to use the giftedness that God had given him to be greatly used and bring great glory to God. He wanted to bring glory to himself. The power was his, and boy, he really ruled in a terrible, terrible way. He was a vicious man. And what he did with Israel, instead of judging them, encouraged them to live right and be honorable and to be faithful to their God, uh, Israel, there was all kinds of sexual immorality. Uh, nobody uh, had anything uh, in respect to others' rights and, and responsibilities. Uh, like last week, Pastor Justin was mentioning a lot of that Ruthlessness sounds very much like the day in which we live today. Well, man, it was really a tough situation. This guy, Tola, was chosen by God, and he raised him up to be a judge over Israel to bring peace to a ruthless, now wicked, immoral people. And he had no heritage. Well, I want to try to make a point with heritage this morning. I have a picture I want to show you here. And uh, uh, this picture here is uh, a great picture for me. This is my heritage right here. <laughs> a bunch of hard-working, poor people, and there's some real rednecks here. I promise you. <laughs> That's my heritage. <laughs> And this is just one group of many, and uh, the other side of the marriage was just like my dad's here. Uh, this, uh, these two little boys in the white shirt, the taller one, that's my dad. And uh, my granddaddy's the one standing up there in the middle of my great-grandfather's, seated next to him with my grandmother and great-grandmother, and uh, aunts and uncles, and uh, that's my heritage. You don't see any Wall Street bankers there, do you? <laughs> no. Uh, somebody asked my dad, how did you guys make it through the uh, Depression? Was it rough? And my dad said, what Depression? <laughs> and they explained, he said, oh, we lived like that all of our lives growing up. Amen. It was hard. Hard for them to eke a living out. But they learned to work hard. Uh, to my knowledge, they... They, there was no divorces amongst these people. In fact, we were blessed to find little notebooks about gay, white, that tall, and just thin. But from my great-granddad and my granddad about how God was blessed in their lives, and it was such a blessing to see that both of them knew the Lord. Amen. My great-granddad was praising the Lord because he had a good day at work one day. He said, it's been a good day. I made 24 cents. <laughs> Can you imagine that being a good day? To them it was. So that's my heritage. What would you expect to come from a people like this? Well, hard workers, yeah. Yeah. But that's my heritage. That's where I come from. These are the people I related to. And uh, uh, a lot of what they are, I am. 
And you can ask my wife, there's quite a bit of redneck right here. <laughs> you can check our porch and under our porch. It's sometimes all there. But listen. Uh, oh, not the, the hooch. <laughs> my dad and his brothers got arrested once because they were... They were making shine, and they thought they had it all hid, and they hid it up in the barn way up high. And the guy came in and checked the place, couldn't find it. He said, man, I just swear, people were saying, you guys had some here. And it was a hot summer day. And he said, well, you guys are good, so I'm going to leave. And about that time, pop, pop, up in the heat of the top of the barn, the bottles started popping the lids off. <laughs> so my uncle spent some time in jail for that. <laughs> my dad was so young, he didn't have to go to jail. But uh, uh, that's my heritage. That's where the, I, my roots come from. Um, listen, don't think that you are on no account, that you can't be used of God. Well, I, I, I don't have any history. My family didn't have any history. Nobody expects anything great of me. Uh, everybody expects me to be a failure anyway. And, and we can offer this excuse, that excuse. I haven't been a Christian very long. My wife's more spiritual than I am. And, and you know, we offer all kinds of excuses. But I want to assure you by the authority of God's Word, as Tola a man with no great pedigree, a man that we don't know hardly anything about, he was chosen by God to be a judge for Israel. And he judged Israel how many years? 23 years. And what we see about that time period when Torah was judged, peace. And people got right with God. So somehow, some way, this insignificant individual who knew that God put him in a position to be used of him. And I'm sure he looked around and said, Whoa, me? <laughs> What's going on here? But he was used of God in a great way Amen. to bring peace and repentance to a nation for 23 years, and he died. <laughs> Such is life, isn't it? And he died. That's it. That's it. Well, with such a pedigree as what you see I have, nobody expected great things from me. Uh, I was just a, a kid. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure my Sunday school teachers and school teachers and everybody will say he was an ornery kid. <laughs> I knew how to do it, how to pull it, how to be sneaky about it. And uh, I think I did it all. But... Uh, uh, somehow, some way, at nine years old, I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And at nine years old, God called me to preach. And, and I knew it as a nine-year-old that he wanted me to preach. And uh, several folks said, how do you know that as a nine-year-old? I don't know, I just knew it. <laughs> had a piece in my heart about it. And I tried to talk myself out of it all the time. I wanted to be a forest ranger. Because surely all they do is fish and hunt, you know. <laughs> what a job. So, uh, uh, high school, I was seeing how close I could get to the fire without getting burned with sin, you know. And God did some unbelievable things to 
get my attention and, and keep me on the path that I needed to be on. And I had the right encouragers. This insignificant young man had a lot put into him from those around him. And I'm sure they never thought they were very, in, very influential in my life. But man, I can tell you, name after name after name of church people just like you who empowered me in a very special way. No, I have no great gift in this. I never was the best at anything I did. I never was the best. But God didn't say it's only the best that he wants to use. Tola was not the best. But he's the man God chose. And God used him. It is required in a steward that a man be found what? Faithful. faithful. Tola, this insignificant fellow, was faithful with what little he had and was used of God. Amen. With my heritage, with what little we had, man, my, it, was, it was rough when I was a little kid. It was hard times. And I remember at the end of every month, it was cornmeal, mush, and beans, if we had beans, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you've never had cornmeal mush, listen, the worst of what you eat today is the best of what it would have been back <laughs> Cornmeal mush? Oh, yeah. Terrible. And uh, uh, there were some hard times, and finally my dad landed a job that gave him some good money, and boy, he was a great provider for his family. But wasn't a lot expected of me. But I was taught to work primarily by my dad. The first job I had was for an old-timer who paid me 25 cents an hour. And I don't know to this day that I worked any harder than what that guy worked me. And he would stand there and watch me all day. <laughs> he would never leave. He was by me all day long. And if I began to get a little slack, he'd say, pick it up, pick it up, let's go. I'm paying you good money here to do this. 25 cents an hour, good money, yeah. But man, how to work. And every job I've had, I've done my best, even though, though I wasn't the best at anything that I did. I, I love sports, and from a child in, in Bantam League football and old-timers baseball in the summer, I got involved in sports, and I loved it. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, never was there a time in any sport that I was involved in that I didn't give it my best when I was never the best at anything I ever did in sports. Baseball, I wasn't the best. I was a catcher, and I loved being a catcher. I played at softball, I played at hardball in high school. I loved catching because you're in on everything and whatnot. Church had a baseball team, and I asked Justin here a few years back, if I could play, he said, no, we don't need a backstop. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, But I, I would give it my best every time. Football, I was a middle linebacker on defense and offensive center on offense. And there never was a play but what I didn't give it my best. Was I the best? Never. Just a high school kid, no scholarship offers. I don't know what's wrong with those guys. Uh, but, uh, uh, just a high school kid having fun, and I loved it. Wrestling, my favorite sport. I was not the best wrestler, but I never went out on that mat, but what I gave it my best. I gave it my best, even though I was not the best at anything. 
in ministry. God called me when I was nine, so my pastor would put me in situations where I could learn this, that, and the other as I was growing up. And in high school, I was teaching a high school Sunday school class. I wasn't the best teacher, but I did my best. And I went to Horn Creek Ranch, and I worked there for six summers, and, and some winters even. And uh, man, I loved that job up there. And I gave it my best. It was easy to give my best in the summertime when you're riding horses all day long. So, so that wasn't hard to do. Uh, but sometimes there were churches up along the Arkansas uh, River there that needed a preacher for a Sunday. So Paul asked me one day, he said, Bob, you want to preach and go to Paxi? And I said, sure. And he said, okay. And uh, so as a high school sophomore, I believe, I went down to Cotopaxi, walked into the church, a guy greeted me, said, boy, it's good to have you, young man, in our service today. I apologize, our pastor's gone, and I don't know who the speaker is for the day, but I'm sure he'll be here sometime. And I said, I'm your speaker. And he looked at me like that. <laughs> He's like a big golden noodle. <laughs> Just a high school sophomore. I, I bet it was a terrible sermon, but I'll tell you what I did. You know what I did? My best. And it no doubt was not the best. But I did my best with what I had. And I preached in Howard. I preached in Salida. Several different times in those small towns around Westcliff, Colorado. Did my best. As a youth director, after I graduated high school and, and uh, went to college, did my best in college, uh, my pastor said, Bob, do three things when you're in school. Uh, work hard, uh, have fun, and find a good wife. And I maxed out on all three of them, especially that last one. I I did my best. And uh, uh, as a youth director, uh, I had fun with kids, great time with kids, but I wasn't the best. As a, as a young preacher, uh, my pastor, I was a youth director, he had some physical issues, and for several years I did all the baptizing and, and preached quite often and, and uh, never was, uh, uh, you know, oh, Brother Ross has preached today, yay, for the and whatnot, no. There wasn't any of that going on. Uh, but I did my best. Mrs. Ross and I went up to Shatter, Nebraska in 1973, and, or 72, and we started a church up there. And uh, uh, 27 years old. And, uh, boy, I, I, I tell you what, I charged hell with a water pistol. I wasn't afraid of nothing or nobody, and I was somewhat brazen and brash, if you can imagine. Uh, I was not the best, <laughs> but I did my best. And we established that church and five other churches up there way up in the northwestern part of, of uh, Nebraska and then into Wyoming and South Dakota. Uh, you don't have to be the best to do your best. You just need to be willing to give your heart and your mind to Jesus Christ. Amen. So over 50 years of ministry in many different capacities I did my best, even though I was not the best at anything. You, like myself, you, like Tola, a nobody as far as all those around him were concerned, but God said, I want him. 
I want her. And he's going to use him, he's going to use her, he used me, and guess what? He will use you. You don't have to be the best. Don't think God can't use you. We are required to be faithful. Look with me at Matthew chapter 20. Let's read verses 25 through 28. Probably better if I just turn around and read it with you. But <laughs> Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be what? Your servant. The world people want to be honcho. They want to be great. They want to be the chief, the one in charge. And, and, and there's so much of that attitude. And you know, if you're working, it's good. It's good to have the right uh desire to grow and grow up the ladder, but be careful how you do that. Do it to God's glory. Amen. But in the church, it's it's really important for us to kill that desire. If you ever go to our church, and I've gone to many over the years preaching revivals and missions conferences and whatnot, and somebody come up and say, hello, Brother Ross, I'm one of the pillars in this church. And boy, immediately, <laughs> I'm watching that dude. And I've watched and listened over the years, and almost without exception, when I've had an opportunity to be in touch with those churches, with those kind of people, those people were troublemakers in the church. Why? Because the pastor didn't recognize them like they felt they should be recognized. We're not in this for ourselves. We are in this to bring glory to Jesus Christ. I don't have much to do. You don't have to have a lot to do. You don't have to have a lot of ability. You just have to be faithful. Pastor, I can clean the toilets. I was on the staff at Bible College, and one of my responsibilities was to clean the bathrooms. And we had this one great professor, an old timer. Before he got saved, he was the uh, attorney for Al Capone. <laughs> and then his mind was as sharp as a tack. And I just cleaned the restroom. And uh, Dr. Smith went in and used the rest restroom. And he came up to the next floor and he said, Young man, are you the one that cleaned the restrooms? And I thought, oh boy. And I said, yes, I am. He said, in all the years I've been here, I've never seen him cleaner. You're going to go far in the ministry. <laughs> 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 but listen, the point he made is this. No matter what it is you do, do the best you got. Give it your best. Because if you don't do the best in the small things, you'll never have the opportunity to do the great things. It's important that you do your best in whatever you do. And uh, uh, it's, it's uh, so important we see the principle here that we cannot be the like the world in the church. It's not going to be so amongst you. The one that's going to be great among you is going to be your minister. 
And that's not the minister, it's those who minister. Yes. And the one who wants to be chief among you, let him be your what? Your big bolster, your big financial giver. Makes me sick when preachers favor people because they give money. In my opinion, the first thing, preachers should never know who gives what financially. Because we're just made of the same mud you are. And if we're not careful when things get tough and tight, we say, well, I don't want to offend Brother So-and-so. He really gives a lot of money. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, my years of pastoring, we had three millionaires one time here, and they were all wanting to get rid of me. And uh, that was a tough, tough time. In fact, one Monday morning, I was going to quit. And the next Sunday, God did something in our services that brought repentance. And these uh, ones that were trying to get rid of me without me saying a thing got up and left and, and uh, said, we're going to fold in a week. And boy, offerings went up. The church <laughs> started growing. The spirit went fine. Uh, if you have money and you're wealthy, thank God you worked hard, I hope, and got it honestly, and you can give a lot, you do so, but don't let it be something that you're given to buy the pastor or the leadership of other people. Our ministry is not for sale. Period. <laughs> and I know that's the way with our pastor. It's not for sale. I know that's the way with Pastor Chris and all the rest of the staff. So what we do, let's do to the glory of God. And if you have only a penny to give, you give it to the glory of God. Thank God you're here. Now we cannot let that ourselves fall into the thinking in the world. We must have the same mind as what Paul is talking about here. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, not about us, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your what? Servants. Your servants, for Jesus' sake. Amen. And listen, you want to be great here at Grace? Start serving. Start serving. You'll be great. You'll be great. And you'll be appreciated. You say, well, I want to be recognized. Well, you may you may not be. But it's really important we develop this attitude. Whatever it is we do for the Lord, let it be done to His honor and glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do how? All to the glory of God. <coughs> I'm reminded of a situation of some young missionaries that went to St. Thomas Island to try to reach people with the gospel. When they got there, they found that there were thousands and thousands of people who were sold into slavery. And they said, what a mission field. So they tried to reach these people who were sold into slavery. And those people didn't trust them. They were just like the rest of the white people. And they never reached a single slave. And they asked the owners, what can we do to reach these people? And, and nobody had any idea. And they prayed and they prayed. And finally they went to the owners and they said, God has revealed to us how we can reach these people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they said, well, how's that? We want you to make us slaves. They said, you want to be made what? 
We want to be a slave just like them. No special treatment in any way. Make us your slaves. So they did. And after a short time, when the slaves saw that these people were willing to identify with them and be like them, they started reaching a few. And in a short matter of time, several thousand came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because these people were willing to be servants. They knew that God called them, and whatever it was going to take, we are going to win these people to Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, to what degree do you agree with Paul in making yourself a servant to bring glory to God? 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, Be ye followers of me, that's Paul speaking, and what a great life he lived. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Pastor Justin doesn't want us to follow him if he's not following Christ. Amen. Yes. And if he gets out of line, I'll be the first to let him know that he is. You've got to pay attention to the old man. <laughs> now let me give a qualifier there. I don't say anything to him about pastoring. Understand that? Okay. Uh, Stop that. Not, not nearly ten years ago. Uh, but I, man, he blesses my heart when he preaches. Chris blesses my heart when he preaches. We are so blessed. But let's follow those those men as they follow after Christ. Amen. Amen. Follow me. Follow my wife. So many great examples of good believers here. As they follow after Christ, let's follow after Christ. You don't have to be something or someone, quote unquote, great. Just be faithful. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege to be here today. Thank you for the folks that were listening. God, help us to be a people who hear and do. Not who hear and just become bloated toads with the knowledge that we gain and go around croaking off all the knowledge that we have. God, help us to be a people who are willing to live it and then speak it. And those that see us and hear us will be more ready and willing to follow. God, give us grace to bring glory to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.